shopping for food seems incredibly complicated at the moment, what with genetic modification and various health scares. And I'm sure that we all feel that it was much easier in the past. I mean, we just ate what nature provided, and, and now it all seems incredibly complicated. This is what shoppers at a supermarket in London had to say about buying milk. Fresh. I stick to me fresh. Whole milk. Why is that? Um, I just prefer the taste. I don't have to worry about sort of going on a diet or anything at the moment, so uh, this, uh, it doesn't have to be semi-skimmed or light or anything like that. Half fat milk, uh, the Tesco. Are you concerned at all about what might be in the milk? Of course, yeah, definitely. But obviously you can't do much because you can't tell. In a way, we trust Tesco. <laughs> I would say I'm unaware, definitely not made aware of what is the best thing to do. It's too confusing these days to make a choice. Well, I buy organic because I, I think I know what I'm buying. I know that it doesn't contain any kind of strange chemicals and uh, I know that it's going to be better for me in the long run. There's so many things, strange things happening to people that we can't work out why and a lot of it's food-related as far as I'm concerned. I am what I eat, so... So, I mean, these comments seem to be suggesting that, um, that people are thinking about what they're eating. Um, what do these comments tell us about nature and society? Brenda? I think one of the things that strikes me is that people are actually beginning to sort of see that um, s- social factors are beginning to enter into the natural foodstuffs. And we've actually now got to begin to think about, well, what does natural mean? Um, and actually begin to start thinking about, well, is natural necessarily good then? I mean, milk is, has traditionally been hailed as, as the natural product, if you like. For many, many years, it was one of the things that was strongly advocated for children, necessary for children to have healthy bones and healthy teeth and so on. But it seems to me that the people in Tesco's aren't quite so sure about that anymore. And they're not quite so sure, perhaps in for different kinds of reasons. They're not all the same kind of reasons, which adds to the whole complexity. It seems for the, the lady who was concerned about buying the organic food, she was concerned about the risk to her health of all the different kinds of things that might be put in the milk nowadays. And so she was going back to saying, well, I want something that's natural, that hasn't been messed about with, and that I know is good and pure and healthy. The gentleman that thought about buying the half-fat milk, although he didn't say it, he's probably being influenced by advertising campaigns and the, the, the media coverage of things like the effect of, of fat on our health and the risk that uh, eating a lot of fat has in terms of producing heart attacks and strokes and so on. So he's making a choice based on risk um, to, to his health, but in a slightly different way to the lady. Then we had another another person who was saying, well, I actually don't know what to do anymore, you know? There's all these choices now, and I'm completely uncertain as to what to do. One person is saying, OK, I'll trust Tesco's to get it right. But other people are saying, well, no, there's other ways I might have to make this choice myself, but I'm not actually quite sure on what basis to make those choices. There's too much, too much out there for me to, to figure it all out. Well, if I could just follow up on that, I mean, I, I guess one of my... Slight concerns would be that we, we, we perhaps shouldn't uh, 
be too romantic about the past. I'm sure it was quite a complicated world in the past <laughs> as it is today. And, of course, um, people uh, died from all sorts of things before pasteurisation of milk and so on. Yep. There was all sorts of problems. So I think society and nature have been wrapped up for a long time and, and we may not want to make too much of a historical argument. However... I do think perhaps, you know, if we can paint it in, in a, a car, kind of cartoon way, it probably was easier when you knew the cow from where your milk was coming from yeah. uh, and you didn't probably have that much choice about it. Now, of course, these people are faced with a, a bewildering amount of choices and sometimes it's best to just switch off and just pick it up and put it in your basket and get on with it. Um, so perhaps in the past we had a national milk marketing board and now it's, it's a much more open market where um, people have to find... Uh, to a large extent, their own way in the market, and therefore there may be less regulations over how our food's produced. And I think people do worry about that and worry about the, the way in which markets are setting up a particular kind of natural and social relation. And as I said, I think nature and society have always been related, but I do think there is something perhaps new about the way markets are throwing these things together on a daily basis. And the other thing, of course, is that people do realise that if you're not producing milk cheaply, you'll go out of business. And so therefore, producers of milk, farmers and so on, are going to want to produce milk as cheaply as possible and therefore they might cut corners, they might feed their cows on materials that enrich the protein in their diet or whatever and that of course might mean that they're feeding them on old uh, animal products as well and they might put hormones in the, in the animals and so on and we get these stories, especially from the states, of, uh, of hormones in the food we eat and so on. Um, so there are price uh, mechanisms here that are actually starting to change or have for a long time changed the way in which we produce. And people are worried about those. The woman who wanted to buy organic milk, well, that's all very well, but it's twice the price of other milk at the moment. So she's probably in a nice position to be able to afford it. But everyone else wants to be able to buy milk cheaply. And it's almost uh, going back to what Brenda says. We have this attitude that milk's almost a right. You know, it's from school children and so on. And we shouldn't be paying a lot for it. In fact, market forces seem so invasive these days that, uh, that even our bodies are up for sale. Have a listen to this. It was on a Saturday night three weeks ago that Olivio Correa left his house to go shopping in the small Brazilian town of Estancia Velha. He didn't return. The following day he was found lying in some bushes covered in blood. When doctors at the local hospital wiped the blood from his face, they found that his eyes were missing. There have been many stories of people in developing countries selling one of their kidneys for transplant operations. But in Bangalore, in India, some doctors have now been accused of actually stealing kidneys. I posed as um, someone with a sick relative who'd been on a dialysis machine for many months and needed a kidney. And within half an hour or so, I was taken into the office of the, the director of urology of the hospital and we started talking business. So, Steve, what do you make of that? Well, it's clearly quite startling. I mean, the first thing to say, just to pick up on the last uh, report there, the, the getting down to business. I mean, there's a trade in our organs, um, which, which is quite startling. We like to think of our bodies perhaps as, as sacrosanct, as, as something um, that is beyond the economic, beyond the market. And in fact, in some places in the world, there are people who are in positions that they feel... Either they have to sell them or these things are being forced off them. Uh, and, and, and places in, in other parts of the world where people are, are desperate to, to buy these organs. And it's not just organs, Steve. The man who had his eyes stolen, he knew about it. 
But it, with modern genetics, it's actually getting down to an even lower level than that, a much, a much almost deeper level, where um, there are reports, for example, of um, scientists going into isolated tribes who are known to have either a particular resistance to, to diseases or, in some cases, a particular vulnerability to diseases. And these scientists are going in uh, disguised as anthropologists and persuading uh, or otherwise obtaining tissue samples as small as a piece of skin or a little drop of blood and taking these very, very minute aspects of our biological being away and patenting actually patenting our biological and our genetic heritage. I mean, that is really quite startling and frightening. And it says a lot about the the extensiveness of the market system and how it can actually be used to enhance exploitation and enhance differentiation between different groups of people. The way you talk there about the indigenous groups and so on, you're right, I mean... It's very rare. Even even people we think are well beyond our global economic system are actually being drawn in, yeah. sometimes against their own will and even yeah. against their own knowledge on, on those kinds of bases. But people who are already in the system, of course, are in it on very unequal terms. And that's why, for example, I heard the other day that in Honduras you can pick up a, a liver for £2,500. Now, in Honduras, that's an awful lot of money, of course, over here if... Uh, if someone needs liver material for a transplant, that's probably not a lot of money uh, in, in the West. So you can see that it's not just the market, but it's also the inequalities that perhaps are partly set up by this market, but yes. in the way that they're being reproduced through these kinds of relations is also quite startling. And it's not just about money either. It's actually getting to the heart of people's idea about how they think of themselves. For example, in some places, um, to, to steal somebody's blood is equivalent to stealing their soul. So actually to take away a little part of their blood and patent it, in fact, you have made that person a non-human. So, Brenda, what we're saying is that it's not just kidneys that, uh, that are for sale, it's, it's the whole of our genetic material um, that's for sale, the whole, the whole of the human genome. Um, I mean, is, there, is there nothing that, 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 we, that, we're, that we're not prepared to use and to sell and to go into the market? Indeed, it seems not. I mean, these very same scientists who are going off to uh, to, to steal people's blood and, and genes and so on are also attacking the environment around these people. And one pretty scary example of that is where um, there was a Frenchman um, patented an extract from a bark of an African pygeum tree, which was used by local healers as a cure for what they called old man's disease. In other words, the enlargement of the prostate. And this was, uh, you know, huge business. And so throughout the whole area now, the the bark of this tree has been harvested to to death almost, so that the trees are almost becoming extinct. So that, in a sense, what we're we're actually seeing is almost a replay of the way industrialised countries went out and, and exploited mineral resources without really thinking about what the implications were for the the original inhabitants of that area or indeed the long-term implications for the environment that they were going to leave behind them. So what we're saying here is that even the bark of a tree um, and, and, and our kidneys, two examples of things that we might think of as being the most natural things we could think of, uh, are also social because, because they're for sale. And I think what we're, what we're moving towards here is uh, is that it's not really 
helpful particularly to separate the natural and the social and label things as either one thing or another. It seems that what we're talking about is that there's a, a relationship between the natural and the social and really that, that that's what interests social scientists. From the Open University. For more information, go to www.open.ac.uk forward slash use.